most behind most of those type of people, they like it's the mentality part is what gets them. They want to put in their 40 hours. They want to go home. They want to do whatever. Like they don't, they don't care about the things that actually get, I mean, there's a reason there's a top 3% or 1%. There's 97% of the people don't want to do what it takes to, to get to where the other 3% are. Welcome everyone to the ultimate shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Okay, we're back with The Ultimate Shift, and today's guest is the one and only Andrew Gingrich. So Andrew is, for the people who don't know him, is I would consider you a mentor, and you're the reason I'm in the industry I am. So I want to get your story on how you got into that, how, where you started from, and yeah, so tell us, tell us a little bit about Andrew. Hmm, that's number one, that's a very packed question. Don't even know where to start. But um, I guess like Ephraim, for most of you know, I uh, grew up Amish in a small town up in Guys Mills, Pennsylvania. Grew up on a farm. We only obviously only go to eighth grade. Uh, an excuse I guess we'll probably come to later. But um, go to eighth grade, got out of school at 14, uh, worked on a construction uh, crew for about Actually, I take that back. Worked on a concrete crew for about a year and a half. Got tired of it. It was dirty work. Uh, living in the north, it was the winters. We were working in a foot deep of mud and uh, water. You name it. It was miserable. So one day I told my dad, I said, I'm, I'm quitting. And I quit that. Switched over to uh, doing just residential construction for another company. And in the process of doing that, I had been working for $15 an hour. Uh, when I switched over, I actually went. Wait, dropped. you were how old at this time? I was about 16, between 16 and 17 years old. So $15 an hour is still not bad money at no, that age. It, it, yeah, it wasn't bad money. Well, so I guess I should drop back. So growing up in the Amish community, as most of you guys don't know, those are, it was very small. Um, it was probably 60 families total in that area, but it's very tight knit. Everybody knows everybody. That's honestly about the only. Uh, contacts you have or the people you grew up with, went to school with, see every Sunday in church. Uh, outside of those people, you don't have that many connections. Those are generally the, the people that you try to keep your reputation up with, obviously. And they mean the most to you because that's, for the most part, the only people you really know. And so when I switched uh, jobs from the concrete working to construction, I dropped and I went from $15 an hour down to making six fifty an hour. And so I was like the butt end of the joke to this entire community. I I go to church on Sunday and everybody there uh, would make fun of you. Um, they'd go, oh, you're working working for peanuts out here and laugh and whatever. they make a big joke out of it. To most people, obviously, it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a thing. But when you're, shoot, I was, I think it was like yeah, about 16 years old. And like I said, this is everybody you know is making fun of you, including even family members. And so it actually... I mean, it impacted me more than I ever let on it would. Actually, I never even, I never even told anybody any of this. So um, I guess you guys are the first to hear about it. But um, it 
I mean, it could do one of two things. It either could have uh, obviously negatively impacted me to where honestly, I can see how people leave and or in those situations become suicidal, or it could, you can choose to uh, grow off it or use it as fuel, and which is what I did. What you did. But, well, yeah, because even at 16, like you're, you're, you're trying to figure out your life. You're trying to make an impression in the world. You care at that age. You really care about what people think. And then, then if everyone's just kind of jabbing you for that. So then, then from there, what, what do you think? What, did you always, as a kid, think, I'm going to work for myself when, uh, when I grow up or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have my own business or how, where did that part come in? I guess I never really, I don't remember giving it much thought. I just know that. Well, uh, once again, growing up Amish, we weren't allowed to, and I think it's probably the same for you. We weren't, like our parents kept our money until we were, for our family, was until we were 20. And so if we wanted, like from our main job, if we wanted to, to like, obviously we grew up hunting. If we wanted a new gun, if we wanted, you name it, anything, we had to go out and work more than our regular job. Like we had to either work weekends, uh, do side hustles, whatever, or we didn't have money to. And it... Looking back, I think that's why on average, most Amish have a better work ethic than the general population. And I think it's because early on, we were taught we had to think outside of a 40-hour week mentality. We had to get out of that or you never were able to have anything outside of your bare necessity. And so we, I mean, me and my uh, brothers, we used to, I mean, we sold rabbits. We would uh, gather apples, make apple cider and uh, or probably have it processed, pedal it up and down the road, uh, we would uh, pick up night crawlers after rain and sell it to people going fishing. I mean, we, you get, you learn to get, not only to get out of that mentality, but also it made you, you had to be creative. You yeah. had to come up with ways that obviously we didn't have internet, we didn't have electric, we didn't have phone, we didn't have vehicles. So you had to get a little more creative than the average person maybe would have had to. But, um, and it kind of, it just kind of fell together. The company I started working for at 16, that these people were making fun of me for two and a half years later, I ended up owning that company. Uh, the, the guy that I was working for moved to New Mexico and I bought him out, even though once again, like my parents were keeping the money, I owned the company till I sold it at 21 and switched to what I do now. But moral of the story is the people that were making fun of me, uh, when I switched over two and a half years later, I was making more than most all of them were. And then when I sold it, I was making more than anybody else in that community was outside of maybe two people. And those people were more of the wealthier ones and didn't make fun of me. They were the only ones that didn't make fun of me or jab, throw jabs. But uh, so, yeah, now looking back, I mean, I mean, sad part is like when even at that point, they never they never would have said, hey, good job or they never apologized or whatever, which I don't think most of them know that the impression they actually made. Mm-hmm. But what a, so how do you go from making six fifty an hour to owning a company in two and a half years? I mean, what what do you think happened in that period of time? How what did you do? Well, so the reason I switched over and the reason I even took the job in the first place, there wasn't any future. We could only we could work minimal uh, days during the year because of the winter weather. There was, I mean, the, I could have moved up to block layer, which. At that point in time, they were making $25 an hour, but the company had no plan, no vision of growing bigger than what they were. So I knew that was caps. With this other company, I knew the guy was looking for somebody to run the company. And then, I mean, I knew that it was, the sky was kind of the limit with it. And so I switched over. I didn't give two thoughts to the six fifty an hour. I was there literally to learn because I knew what I'd learn would end up making me more in the future. And it would be, the end result was going to be better. And so I went there with not the mentality of, 
trying to figure out how to make more money as much as what I could learn and what for uh, worth I could provide to the, them. And then, yeah, you just keep doing that and just climb the ranks and everything else kind of falls in place or fell in place. So why do you think people stay stuck in, in, in the rut of making maybe whether it's a minimum hour job or stay in a job they don't like or, uh, you know, because that's that's most people wouldn't take that leap from whatever it was, 15, 16 dollars an hour to six thinking that way. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people stay stuck? I I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons, but I think one of the bigger ones is people people aren't willing to put in more than what they absolutely have to. And instead of looking at showing up to work and trying to figure out what they can do to make the business owner, whoever, more uh, profitable, like make the business more profitable, what they could do to make things better. They go and they show up and they put in their time and they leave. And I even like when in the construction part, actually every person I've ever worked for, when we were maybe carpooling or like driving together to the job, like it was nothing to show up and have to wait 10, 15 minutes on uh, the other workers or, and like, I'm not saying it was better than anyone, but it's like, it's the small things that add up and it's not even necessarily what this most behind most of those type of people, they like, it's the mentality part is what gets them. They want to put in their 40 hours. They want to go home. They want to do whatever. Like they don't, they don't care about the things that actually get, I mean, there's a reason there's a top 3% or 1%. There's 97% of the people don't want to do what it takes to, to get to where the other 3% are. So what, okay. So, so for everyone here who, who's never met you or whatever, you, you run an, essentially you have an organization of about 300 something contractors that you get paid based off of their results. So whether you want to call it a rep position or uh, network marketing or uh, coaching, whatever, but essentially their success is most of these people, if I, if I uh, dare say so, are going to be successful based off of, I mean, if you set them up to, to be successful for me, for instance, so let's backtrack. So you're the reason for anyone here. Again, I'm in the commercial roofing industry. Andrew is the reason I'm here. So you came to me at a time in my life where I had gotten out of a business that, that lost, essentially lost everything, was starting over, didn't know what I wanted to do. You provided an opportunity and you said, and that was before you sold that company, but you own the company, uh, here, not too far from here, but, you said, hey, I'll help you get started in this. I'll give you equipment and stuff. So anyway, the reason that I am where I am today has a lot to do with that. So that being said, you did that for was like 300 some contractors? Yes. Yeah, so I guess when I turned 21, I sold the residential business. I switched to commercial. And on the commercial roofing side, I, there was a business opportunity also of being able to help other contractors or train other contractors to do the same thing. So correct. It's kind of like, I guess you consider it network marketing. You train other contractors to install the system when they place orders. Obviously, I make commission. But uh, I, I think of active contractors as between 300 and 400 uh, as of right now. But um, yeah, so I mean, it's kind of the, honestly kind of the same thing. Like when I got into that side of the business, like we were breaking records left and right. Uh, not only, not the amount of people we were bringing in, but the amount of volume and like successful contracts that we had. And I think the big, like, once again, the big part is being able to, or being willing to be there 
for whatever. You don't have to know everything. You just have to be able to know people that do. And when they, if someone calls you, like someone calls me at 10 o'clock at night and has a question on a certain roof, or maybe there's a storm went through and the roof blew off or there's issues, whatever, you got to be able, you got to be willing to answer the phone no matter what time of day it is, no matter what day it is, no matter where you're at. You have to get to the, you have to answer the phone. Just a simple little things that other, once again, other people aren't willing to do. And it makes a, like, at the end of the day, that's what makes the biggest difference. So in those three to 400 contractors, you told me one time that I think if I remember correctly, you said about 3% of those pay for your income, which for anyone listening, this guy is, you're what, 27? Nine now, I wish. 29? You're <laughs> 29. 29. Oh, I, I, Just. I, I, so, and Andrew makes, I think, well over uh, half a million a year. So from these for if I can talk about your income in just this avenue, and then you have investments and this and that, but but it's it's I don't know many guys your age that are that are crushing it at that level. But what about those three to four hundred contractors? Do you see what's the difference in them that you said you know the top there's only about three percent of them that make your money. So that's a that's three percent that are making you a ton of money. What are those guys doing different than the than the other guys? And where do you see? If someone's listening to this and they're saying, well, I feel stuck in my business and I feel it doesn't have to be roofing related because everything's more or less compatible, but I feel stuck in this avenue. We can, we can point it to roofing and, but I I just don't know how to get to that top 3%. When you look at your organization of people that you've helped, what, what do you see there that's keeping that separation? I mean, I think it doesn't matter what it is. Whether it's in religion, culture, business, you name it, there's always that three percent. And I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, okay. So all the three, four hundred people, contractors on my team, like they were all willing to take that step outside of working for someone else and like start their own business. But in that group, there's once again, there's a ninety-seven percent and the three percent, and there's no question. I mean, I look at people that have been in business way longer than you have. And doing the exact same thing, they have the exact same access to training, whatever. It doesn't matter, and they're struggling, especially right now with now COVID type related th- issue or like uh, the things that we're not used to dealing with. They're struggling through this where they shouldn't be. There should there, there's no like, I mean, obviously a lot of people are struggling. I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but in the the areas that they are financially closing projects, all that like they're they have more experience than you do, and yet they're having major problems and I mean it's just literally the three percent that are that are doing well no matter what happens they can adapt to whatever happens they're they're willing to there's people get set in their ways they think okay well this works I'm not going to change anything they want to they want to stick to the same thing well even in advertising like things are constantly changing you got to be willing to stay ahead of it I think a big part of it is the three percent for sure are causing way more commotion they're going out and roaring around they're working weekends they're working nights they're not like they don't, if there's something going on and during the middle of the week, they're not taking or rarely take off or unless it's something very important, but there's, oh yeah, I mean, that's, there's no question. The guys that are struggling are the ones that they don't want to put in the hours after five, six o'clock. They don't want to work weekends. They, and I mean, some of them have family, so nothing against them. It's what each to his own, what they want, but so many people uh, coming into what we do, they are used to making 30 to 50,000 a year. And then you help them when it comes like they start making over six figures they become comfortable and that they're not used to making that much money so they like they just come comfortable in their ways and that's all that's i mean i guess if that keeps them happy 
then so be it. But there's just, it blows my mind how much opportunity there's out there. Not, not just even in this, but people are willing to settle for average or just above average and they could do, they could have so much better. So just think bigger, basically. So yeah. if, if you were to start a brand new business today, how would you go about it? What would your day look like? I, depends a lot of what it would be in, but I think the one thing that's undervalued majorly is, is uh, I mean, for instance, if I look back when I started commercial roofing, I knew nothing about it. If I would have spent, if I would have taken a year and gone to work for someone like the top commercial roofing contractor doing what I wanted to do that I would have known, like if I'd have gone to work for him for a year for free, it'd have been the best, literally the best money I ever spent. But I think a lot of it, you have to get educated in whatever it is you want to do and then put people in place to operate whatever. I mean, like, obviously you've been winging it left and right and been doing the majority of it yourself, which in some cases, it makes a difference if you're, have, if you're financially available to start off with putting right people in place or if you have, like, if you don't have the, those funds where you have to basically go out on your own. But the biggest thing is, I mean, you have to be willing to, I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. The first three, five years, you basically have to plan on just working your tail off and you got to, like, stop looking at advertising as if it's it, like if it's an expense it's an investment to me and I think that's once again like there's so many people on my team that they look start the year off and they budget 10,000 or 15,000 advertising and I mean basically though when I moved down here three and a half years ago in the Nashville area started business down here we did the exact same thing that you're doing now we don't we don't even budget advertising that's just I mean the more leads we need the more we pile on at the end of the year you it Come with me, doesn't matter how much. Yeah. And that, I think that's, yeah, it's the biggest mistake a lot of people aren't willing to make. But they're, they look at it as an expense instead of as an investment. So, yeah. So when you, before you sold, you were, you were one of the top contractors in, in the area as well. I mean, just to get in your thought process of that. So how did you go? What, what did your day to day look like? Like, let's break down a day of what you did to, to get that business because you took a business off the ground and you guys were doing millions within the first year or two. So what what did your day look like, your typical day of getting up? What were you doing? I'm trying to show people that might be struggling in this industry or any industry and say, well, hey, here's a guy who, who built it to the top. Here's where his time was spent versus your time spent. Well, I mean, it, to be brutally honest, it was complete chaos. I think, uh, like, people are always saying, like, they're trying to figure out a balance. Like, they're, I don't, I don't think there's such a thing. It depends what, how you big you want to build it or what you want to do. Like, people want to see, well, or there, one excuse that people love to use is that, well, weekends are for family or evenings, whatever, it's like family time. But to me, I mean, I think there's nothing you could do that's more, uh, or more of a family time or better for your family than, if you're starting a business, whatever it might be, to focus, just focus five years on it. I mean, you can make time for your family. It's not like you can't, but to uh, focus five years on it and work your, absolutely work your tail off. Because we, when I moved down here, like I was doing all the sales. I was running, like taking care of all the advertising, doing all the sales. I had to be on the job, not only to work it, but also to, like to train people in that never had done any of like the coding systems, what we were doing. So, I mean, it was complete chaos. And I'm not going to lie, like the first that first year, yeah, we had, we did more than, we grew 300% from what I did my best year in Pennsylvania in a business that at that point had been in for four years, or going for four years. But, um, I mean, I was, I was wore out. And, which we got to a point to where we could then, the plan was to 
put people in place to where I could just do sales. We had, excuse me, have someone doing book work, have someone, uh, crews that now were trained and knew what they were doing in the field to where you didn't have to be there all the time. But literally there was, there was, I mean, there was about six month time that including Sundays that it was basically 14, 16 hour days just in the field and not even, then you had to get home, you had to do book work and had to keep up with everything else. And it was, I mean, just flat out to be honest, it was complete chaos. But, but look what you built. It's like, I think Elon Musk said it one time, if you're an entrepreneur, I'm sure I'm going to butcher his way of saying it, but he said, basically, if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for balance, it's, you're not an entrepreneur. Yeah. No, I don't if you just go out and rip roar around and just, I mean, create all kinds of havoc and, I mean, Noise. for lack of a better word, shit just starts happening. Yeah. 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 So, so... If someone comes to you and they say, hey, Andrew, you know, I've given it my all. It's just not working. What's your advice to them? I mean, I guess probably the first question would be like, what, um, I'd like to see their calendar, see what they're actually doing. You built this in what, three years on starting with no money. And I've seen it happen time and time again. Other people doing the same thing. You don't need money to start. You don't need education. You don't, you don't have to look pretty. Like you, like if you really want it, you're going to be able to get there no matter what. And like the people are saying that it's just not working. I'm not saying there might not be some every now and then there might not be somewhat for a reason, but to me, there is no excuse. If you want to actually want to do it and you're saying it's not working, it's because you're not working hard enough. You're not doing enough. So what do you say when someone is like, well, I'm just burned out? I mean, I guess to me, somebody that says they're burned out, if, and they're, especially if they're not doing a whole lot, I mean, it's one thing. Okay. If you come tell me you're burned out, I'd understand because obviously you have a reason to be, but like for the people that there's not much happening and they're burned out, I probably want to distance myself from them as fast as I can because they're the type of people that are just negative energy. There's, I mean, you're obviously your goals aren't high enough. You're not, your motivation's not there. Like there's whatever the reason is, it's just to me, that's the sign of first signs of a negative person. So what do you do when people, you, if you have negative people in your life, you just remove them? I mean, I mean, you're a high energy guy. So I'm asking this from a way of like, whenever anyone's around Andrew, it's, it's high energy. It's go, go, go. It's, it's no wonder you've been successful in, in your careers. It's, so how do you keep that motivation? Is it just by surrounding yourself with the right people at all times? No, I mean, a huge part of it is. And I mean, I struggle, especially in the last two years and part of it being relationship related in that too, but to where it's easy to get, I mean, it's, I struggle with probably more than most people do, like getting uh, comfortable. And then it's very easy right now to, because of the COVID related things, just say, well, I, like, we're just kind of waiting the year out and wait till everything clears up and we'll get back at it, which I mean, obviously financially being able to do that, but it's just an excuse. And the next thing you know, mentally you're starting to get lazy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, for me, like it, it even comes down to, I mean, your physical appearance, like, going to the gym, working out, keeping yourself looking decent and yeah, reading the right books, listening to the right people. I'm a Cardone and a Elon Musk fanatic. Um, so just following them, even on their, just their Facebook lives, whatever it is, like it, that's what motivates me, which I know is different for different people, but I think it's just literally surrounding yourself with the right people and putting yourself in the right environment. Yeah, that's good. Um, so when when someone comes to you and says, okay, well, no, let me, let me start. I know what I wanted to ask. I, I got sidetracked there a little bit because I started thinking about Cardone's high energy uh, Facebook lives. So I have noticed one thing that I've always admired about you is you give probably more so than anyone I've ever known in, in every aspect. 
uh, of everything that you have, you share whatever. And so, except maybe your women, but, uh, <laughs> well, we won't get into that topic. But, uh, um, now what I'm trying to get at is when, when I was in the position I was at, uh, you know, I didn't have anything and you had nothing to gain from, from helping me because you didn't know whether I was going to be that, that next flop or, or whatever, but you, you really had nothing to gain from helping me at the time that you did. Uh, even from, whereas you get paid a, a percentage of everything I buy from a company or whatever. I wasn't even buying because I didn't have money for that. You were literally giving me product so that I can get a job started and then I pay you at the end of the job. So like, so you had nothing to gain from it. Why, what, a, why do you care? Uh, and you've obviously done that for hundreds of people. So what, what about you? Why is that, that you care so much about helping someone get off the ground and, and maybe seeing them do better? I honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I even, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess early on in this business, I had the opportunity to help in some 50, I guess it was 55 year old, 55 at the time, but some old order Amish person, which I guess most of you guys probably know older, but very strict community. And the business he had before he lost and the church put some board over top of him would tell him that you need to work here. You need to do this. You need to do that. You can't spend money on this, whatever. They manage his money and everything. He's like 55 years old and basically being controlled. And he has, I mean, a big part of his life obviously over with. And to me, I mean, not only is that embarrassing because once again, they're like, that's all the people that he knows for the most part. And everybody looks now, at him. Now they're all up in his business right. and finances and everything. Yep. And it's like, it's not only is it, I mean, just, embarrassing it's just I mean it's de defeating and I came across him through uh, other uh, one of my other friends and he anyway we talked and he kind of told me his whole story and we managed to work together he went against the he snuck out to Kansas City went through training against the will or the direction obviously the people that were over top of him but um he didn't have any money at all to get started he kicked out his own, quit the job he was doing, uh, working at, and kicked out his own and just started cold calling, stopping the businesses. And like within the first three months, well, yeah, it took him about three months to sell his first job. But in that uh, that year, he told me at the end of the day, he told me he made more money than he ever had in his entire life. And so it's two and a half, fast forward two and a half years after he got started, he had to go in to get a, he had to have a, how I guess triple bypass, something like that, Velf, whatever, changed his heart, and he never made it through the surgery. But when, I mean, prior to the surgery, he called me, I didn't realize to what extent of how serious it was, but uh, he told me, he said, it doesn't matter what happened, he said, you helped me go from having absolutely nothing to being completely controlled to being able to, like he paid off, he bought houses for both of his kids, uh, paid off his own property and he said he had that time he had a couple hundred thousand in his checking account for his wife if he said like it doesn't matter what happens now he's 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 ready to go and so yeah he never made it through the surgery so like seeing people's lives impact that has nothing to do with my, like me whatever it just I mean someone helped me the same as I try to help other people but being able to see like the change like how much you can impact someone's life or how much the right tool the right direction can help someone to where it, it makes it worth it. And to be honest, like with you, there was, I mean, should I, there was probably a half a dozen different people that told me that you're, there's no way you, you're going to follow through on your waste of time. Or whatever. And to me, I mean, 
if I look back at all the times that everybody that I knew looked up to at the time, grew up with, told me I was going the wrong direction, was doing the right thing, or was like, like it never failed almost every time the end result was that they were wrong. And when these people started coming to me saying that, like, basically you're a waste of time, it's not, you gotta go do something else, it's not gonna last. Like, I was like, that's the type of person I want, like, that's who I wanna work with because it almost every time it's the people that you don't think or that everybody else think isn't gonna go anywhere are the ones that end up uh, top of the, in the league, literally. Well, because some, sometimes those people are, have tried enough of things or are so sick and tired of, of ending up in the same place that when they're finally given a tool that they can work with or that seems to work, then they'll do anything to never go back to that. Now, I think that's, pro that's probably what it was for me. You know, I, I've done other businesses, done other deals, but I kept finding myself just freaking hit, hitting this wall. And then finally, I didn't even know this was going to be the, the door, you know, but, but it was, it was an opportunity and I'm a, I'm a big believer in taking opportunity. And then, and so shit, here we are, you know, two yeah. and a half years later. So, but that's, that's a cool story. That's, I've, I've always wondered what it, what it was about you and that, that just gives, but now, now we know. <laughs> so if, if you were given the world stage, the world platform, everybody's listening, what do you think? And you were, you were given five minutes to, um, not that you have to take five minutes up here, but basically you were saying, here's, here's the world stage, Andrew. What does the world need to hear? What would you tell the world? Oh boy. Well, I mean, I, I think everybody's heard this before, but I think like if number one, if we want change, we got to start with ourselves. Like we can choose to believe everything we read or hear from the media. We can like be mad at other people, whatever. I mean, I'm one to talk. I got obviously have a boat wrapped, very political, but at the end of the day, like I, I, uh, like I mean, I've had all, all kinds of the opposing political party people like that would come out with it. They don't, it's to me, it's like, you got to be able to get along. Like if we can't, if we can't think differently about whether it's politics, whether it's whatever it is, if we can't think differently, value each other's opinion and still be friends and, and be able to like, get along on a daily basis, then we're just, I mean, then we are the problem. It does, there's far left, there's far right. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like, if we want, if we want change, if we want to see change, it starts with ourselves. And until we're able to, we're willing to do that, then things aren't going to get better. I love it. If you had to, if you could ask any one person alive or dead, one question, who would the person be? What would the question be? Who? Well, for, I, for sure. Uh, I mean, if, Oh boy, oh, definitely probably be Elon Musk, but honestly, probably like, especially my question to him would be uh, like, what is, what motivates him? What, his, what it is that he sees? Cause he, it's like everything he does, every move he makes is, is 10, 15, 20 years in the future. And like, yeah, I mean, there'd be a million questions I'd want to ask him, but that being one of them, like where, what he sees or how he comes up with the things he does to literally then you see it unfold. I mean, whether it's electric cars, whether it's, I mean, it's just one thing after the other. I mean, obviously he didn't know anything about uh, launching rockets and that, and here he is, and that would probably, I mean, headed to be one of the top people in that. Just, yeah, it's just a, one guy that amazes me. Like I said, there'd be a million questions I want to ask him, but um, that would probably be uh, the top one. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, well, We'll wrap this thing up, but if someone was to want to work with you, find you online, wherever, how do people find you, follow you? 
if there's any contractors out there that just that feel stuck and they, they want to learn from someone who's obviously overcome the obstacles and who's continuously every day invest into other people and helping them grow their business, how do they find you? True. Well, I have obviously personal Instagram and Facebook pages. Um, like you said, my name's Andrew Gingrich. I'm sure I'll be tagging this whenever you share it. Right. It'll be yeah. in the show. Yeah, it'll be well. it'll be in the tag. Yeah. Reach out to me whenever. Yeah. Man, I just, I just want to say, I want to acknowledge you for, for everything you've done for me in my life. Uh, I mean, everything you see in this room would not be here if you hadn't taken a chance on me. And so, you know, I, I think you're one of the most caring people. Every, every, everything you do, you you share, you care. You really do have one of the biggest hearts I've ever met in anyone. And uh, I just mad respect. Well, no, I appreciate that. And to be, I mean, to be honest, half the things that I have, I wouldn't have if it wasn't for you either. So <laughs> in all fairness. Okay, well, it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. All right. So well, that's going to do it for today. So here we go. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.